0: Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of MensHelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Men Talk podcast, where we speak about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. Today's episode is a little special treat. On all the other episodes, I've had guests sharing their stories, but you have yet to hear mine. So on this episode, you will be hearing my personal story and journey. Joining me on this podcast is my executive producer, Sean Littman. Sean will be interviewing me for this podcast. So Sean, thank you so much for joining us and doing this. And welcome to the show.
0: Daniel, it is an honor and a pleasure to sit down with you and finally have this conversation. I've listened to a bajillion of your podcasts, and we've gone through and edited them and put them up, and we've changed so many people's lives with your show. I am like I said, I am honored and thrilled to sit down and do this with you. I know we're supposed to do this as a live, but it didn't work. That's okay. Now we're sitting here doing a podcast. So, Daniel, tell us your story, you know, and what, what was the reasoning? For, well, first of all, tell us your story. And then we'll go into why you started men's
1: So, My story. Wow. What a start? You know, life is, life is a journey. Um, so That's for we, sure. So, this, so the story goes like this. Five years ago, I married my, my beautiful wife and uh, how exciting that could be. But before I get into how I met my wife and our, our personal journey, before we got married, we did genetic testing. We found out that we were carriers for two of the same genetic conditions, which that meant. After going through some counseling and figuring out exactly what we're going to do, um, it meant that we will have to go undergo fertility treatments, IVF, and PGD, which stands for pre-genetic diagnosis. So, we got married. We lived in New York for a year. Uh, one of the reasons we moved to Israel was actually because of the cost of healthcare and tuition and all the other things that go around with it
0: in Israel. Was, was, were you planning on moving to Israel or like at all, or it just happened to be that way because of the medical?
1: We both always wanted to live in Israel. Um, You know, we knew that that it's a good family life over here. Um, And yeah, I mean, healthcare obviously played a, played a large factor in it because if you talk, look at the cost of, Fertility treatments in the United States cost alone to be upwards of twenty, thirty thousand dollars a pop. So I don't have that kind of money. I don't know who does, and I, I'm really grateful for the fact that people are able to go through the treatments and find ways to do it. But it's still mind blowing to me how much the treatments cost in the United States of America, because here in Israel, treatments are free. And uh, just, that's insane just,
0: that, you know, in, in it, what's interesting about what you're saying, how the difference between the treatments here and the treatments in America, and we've listened to so many people share their stories, like you can only imagine how, how do they do it? But like, you have to like give them props, you have to like pat them on the back and say, you know, wow, absolutely amazing. You know. Yeah.
1: And it's, and it's not just that, I mean, there are other things obviously living in Israel, but we're not going to go on a rant about Israel. Today. No, 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 no. We're, no. we're going to talk, you know, a bit about, about our story. So I'll, I'll get back to that. So met my wife, I got married five years ago. I, so got married five years ago, did genetic testing before we got married? Knew we had to go IVF, PGD route, moved to Israel, started the approval process, got approved, uh, went through the process did a round of IVF. Um, after that round of IVF, we did an embryo transfer and uh, that embryo transfer did not stick. We had a miscarriage. This was two oh, no. two two and a half years ago. So when that miscarriage happened, I felt completely alone. Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do professionally. I wasn't sure, you know, my religion, my religion, obviously there was a big guilt factor going on, you know, did I, did I do this? Did I cause this? We did everything right. How could this have happened? You know, you never think you're going to be in that club. Um, so it was really tough for me. I had a boss at the time who said, you know, I understand you're going through a crisis here, but you have a quarter to hit. You got to keep coming to work every day. You know, it didn't give me any time in the space that I needed really to ponder and to think about it and to really understand how to do it. My wife had all the support in the world. She was able to call up a hotline, get support, joint support groups. And the only support that I found was a random Facebook group. And I posted a question, Hey, has anyone else else dealt with this, these issues? And these are my thoughts. And the response is actually very positive. Yeah. I also had those issues. I thought about the same exact things. So it turns out I'm not alone, right? Miscarriage. It affects one of one of four pregnancies ended in miscarriage. One in eight couples struggle with infertility. So even though it wasn't necessarily a fertility side of things, we did it to have a child because of the genetic conditions. Um, I still was part of that club. And uh, after that point, after the miscarriage, I uh, decided it's time to t- take a new path, look for more meaning. And I went back to school to get my master's in nonprofit management from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. And in that program, I created a support group for guys who have gone through these issues And that basically spearheaded the organization and, and everybody I spoke to said, you know, this is a blue ocean. This isn't talked about. It's something that needs to be done. And the response is overwhelming. And it led me to creating Men's Helpline.
0: That's amazing. And so, you know, as we mentioned, we're based, you're we're based, you and I are based out in Israel. So how was that within the Jewish community? How was this whole thing received? Versus the the broader community of people in the IVF and the miscarriage and the and the spit and the stillbirth and the infertility spaces, like how was it perceived and re- and received in the Jewish world versus the rest of the people that we are working with?
1: So, first off, it's not really talked about in either world, specifically right. in the Jewish world. There's a lot of pressure right. on religious Jews to have. Right. So right. there's obviously that there. You see kids all the time in the park. You see everybody's always pregnant all the time. So these issues of infertility and miscarriage and infant loss, stillbirth, they're not talked about. You don't really talk to your neighbor about it. You don't you don't you don't talk about it because why? People feel ashamed, people feel embarrassed, people feel that it's private, which is true. And a lot of times people keep it boiled up. But what I found really was that it's crucial to speak about it because if you don't speak about it and you let it boil up, you're just going to pop. And it's not, right. it's not healthy.
0: Right. No, for sure. And it's like you said, like when you first started this, you you said you were in the pharmacy and you saw some guy getting the same, some medication that you knew you were familiar with and you just walked up and said, Hey guy, you know, I got you. I, I know what you're dealing with and you got his number And he texted you and you said he really appreciated. You know, it's like it's because it's not talked about that it needs to be talked about, that you can go up to these people and 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 feel and make a connection with them and really change their lives. And you know, part of the whole podcast, when we started the podcast, it was, you know, we didn't think it was gonna blow up like this right away. We didn't think that it was going to change so many people's lives, but you've given them a platform to share their story, to feel comfortable talking about. Like I see you right now, like you were also, you're also nervous to share your story, but now you've, you started to relax a little bit because you see that this is a form of therapy.
1: So, yeah, I wouldn't say, I mean, obviously it's therapeutic to talk about the story, but really what we're, what we're doing here and giving a platform for the podcast, not on the podcast, but. You know the support, connecting people with other people, is building a community within community. It's not every day that when this is going on that the first thing you want to do is talk to a therapist. The number one thing you want to do is you call your friend, you call your best friend, you know, sometimes family. You don't really want to run to a therapist and say, "Hey, how do I feel about that?" So what we're building at Men's Helpline is community within community and opening up the door for guys to feel comfortable sharing their stories and talking to one another about it. And it's not just about talking about it. It's about building that connection and helping another guy go through it because it is tough. It's not easy. It's definitely stressful. And when you have that person to go to and to play a game of sports with, to go to a bar, to hang out, the these issues can be talked about in a normal setting.
0: Right. and And it's also like you've said before, is that, you know, People don't want, people really don't want to talk about it, but you, at the same time, you know, the, we've, we've heard every people's stories, we've heard so many people's stories and they, and at the end, they're all so appreciative and that's it. Like you you mentioned, I remember one time you mentioned how there's within some of these organizations that you were trying to partner with is that they said, well, we have stuff for Mac it's support groups, general support. It's for, for everybody, but the guys don't feel comfortable showing up there because they just feel like second fiddle here. What we're doing is creating a, a space where men can just chill, be dudes and just like open up.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, never in my wildest dreams that I think that this is going to be my life's mission and vision, right? It's, it's something that just happened. And when you go through these struggles, It makes you stronger as a person. It makes you want to help others
0: grow. For sure. For sure.
1: I'm so grateful. The fact that so far 25 guys have opened up about their stories. And I have many more people who who have approached me to share their stories to help one another. It's, it's
0: unbelievable. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And so now that we've heard your story and we've heard how you took that that struggle and turned it into a triumph because you're on your way to the top. You're on your way. You're winning here. You're, you're rocking this. And what, what is, what are the goals for men's helpline? Like we know, we know what's going on. We know everyone knows the podcast, but what is, what are the goals for men's helpline? Like where do you want to be in the next 90 days the next 120 days, the next couple of years, like the sky's the limit here, isn't it?
1: The sky is endless and the amount of work that needs to be done in this space, especially when it comes to supporting men, uh, because yeah. nothing has been done. I mean, there's one organization out in the UK called Miscarriage for Men. Who, um, lucky to have the conversation with Chris Woodford, um, who's also working on this, but there's nothing out there. I mean, in the next 90 days, the, the goal is to be launching our hotline. So that's, that's going to huge. Be- that's going to be crucial because guys are going to be able to call in and have that point of contact of the conversation and then try and figure out where, where to go from there. Um, In addition, more programming coming up, working on putting together men's retreats, both in the United States and in Israel. Um, And just growing together, obviously a lot of content needs to go out there Uh, long-term. I think, education facilities and hospitals need to have a resource out there for the guys. Because when no one walks into the emergency room and is having a miscarriage or is doing a fertility treatment, nobody ever asks the the dude, how are you doing? How are you feeling? The It's always on the female. And a lot of times that can be very difficult. I mean, if you talk about the fertility space, right? A lot of people say, your contribution is you go into a room, you ejaculate, put sperm in a cup, you do your thing, you leave, you know? And she's all the time doing the shots, the retrieval, the transfer, and even a miscarriage. You're standing beside her, you know, seeing what's going on, whether it's a DNC procedure or whether it's just a natural miscarriage lost and and, and she's bleeding and the baby's gone. It's, like, it's, it's so traumatic and I think more needs to be done in terms of how the clinicians approach this because it's not just about the woman. Yes, that's their patient. But there's also a significant
0: other there. So, so I guess the, the, the next logical question is, how can people get involved with you? How can, what can people do to help you reach your goals?
1: So obviously, one of the ways that people can help us reach our goals if they want to contribute financially, that would be extremely helpful. They can go out to men's and donate. They can reach out to be a volunteer uh, for the hotline. They can share their stories, join the Facebook group, um, volunteer to be, you know, a role model in their community and connect with other guys in their communities. So a lot of different ways uh, to get involved.
0: That's very good. That's very, very good. And you said the hotline is is you're planning to come out with the hotline. I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to really be next level. So what's the goal for the hotline? What's the plan for the hotline?
1: So the the goal for the hotline is to be that first point of contact, right? Someone's going through this. Obviously, I'm not dealing with a medical emergency. If someone... Is having a medical emergency? They should call nine one one or their local emergency number and get to the emergency room.
0: Yep, there goes but, your beeper.
1: Yeah, there goes my beeper. Um, so the the goal of the hotline is to be that. There goes again. <laughs> yeah, fun Um, crazy, crazy day with calls. It's been insane. Um, but the. The goal of the hotline really is to be that first point of contact. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm just someone who, who who, cares deeply about these issues and know that you need to be heard. Because if you're not heard, bad things can happen. Guys have turned to drugs. Guys have turned to alcohol. Sometimes it leads to divorce. Um, but it's to be heard. And to be first point of contact, to have a conversation, to know you're being heard, To be pointed in the right direction, if you need a therapist, or to be connected to another guy in you know your neighborhood, directed to the podcast, to different books and resources, it's it's a first line of. I I don't want to call it a lifeline in terms of the chain of survival, but it's 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 a resource for.
0: Right. Right. No, for sure, for sure, for sure. That's really cool. So I guess as we wrap this up, what advice would you have for somebody who is either just finding out that they're in this situation or someone who's been struggling with the situation for numerous times? What advice would you, would you give over to somebody like that?
1: Number one piece of advice is to talk about it. That's number one. Talk about it with your significant other find an outlet and a resource that's good for you. So if you like sports, play a game of sports. If you like music, play some music, right? It it takes a lot of stress and communication. So if you have somewhat of an outlet where you can kind of distract yourself and not think about it, um, do that. And the third piece of advice is go and try and be optimistic, right? Going through fertility treatment and thinking you're gonna have a baby right away doesn't always work. I can't tell you when or how or if. What I can tell you is have patience. Patience is a virtue because it takes a certain amount of thinking, a certain amount of communication, a certain amount of time. And there's a lot, a lot of waiting, especially after a transfer, you have to wait two weeks to see if you're pregnant or not. And then even after. So if you are able to, I believe that having an outlet or taking a vacation just to get out of the space and not even think about it, obviously fertility treatments can be expensive. So if you have the means and the ways to do it, do it. Um, in addition, I would say, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to to be out there because the likelihood is someone to your left, someone to your right is going through it. Right.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Daniel, you know, this was an absolute pleasure to sit down with you today and hear your story and hear your, hear your, hear everything you're talking about with the organization. I think it's absolutely amazing. I I really do. And I think that you really are going to fly with this. I think you're really going to thrive with this. And I'm so happy that I'm working with you on this because I see like the potential. So I wish you, seriously, I wish you lots of luck. I'm very happy that I'm with you on this one. And I think that you're going to thrive.
1: I also just want to, before we conclude, I want to give a shout out to all the people who have helped us on this journey. Um, In addition to all of our followers out there. Today we reached a milestone on Instagram. We hit a hundred followers. That's, that's a pretty big milestone on the podcast. We're over a hundred listeners. That's awesome, and, and the Facebook group keeps growing. So, just a really big shout out to all the guys who have the courage to talk, to connect, and to listen, and and, and awesome. to be, you know, help others through this difficult journey because it is a journey, and you gotta believe, you gotta become with an open mind.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, as we say in Hebrew, kolak vote. You're really, you're really crushing it, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be on your team. So, until next time, you want to take it away. Until next
1: time, guys, keep strong. You're not alone. We're here for
0: you. Amen, brother. Amen. Pleasure sitting down with you today, Daniel. Big sin. You've just listened to another great episode of Men Talk with Daniel Landau. If you've suffered from miscarriage, infertility, stillbirth, or infant loss, and want to open up about it, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org, today. Until next week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.